Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, I'm here. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am here. Hour number two, we're in the afternoon edition. Um, we're we warming, just, we're uh, warming got, up, Brad. Are we? Are we above zero? We are above zero at the Army Corps of Engineers. We're one above. And at the, uh, let's check Hayward. I wanted to look at Hayward. Hayward yesterday, things were rough for uh, folks in Hayward. Two above for the high. Yesterday's low was 24 below in Hayward. My goodness. And uh, currently, uh, things in Hayward, now they were almost as cold this morning, minus 22 in Hayward this morning. And uh, let's see if we can get an update here. We're not getting an update. Last check at Hayward was one below, but that is not the 11 o'clock, I'm sorry, the 12 o'clock update, so we'll check that. Yeah. They're a little slow on that. Well, anyway, folks, we have a lot of people that are sending us info, uh, chiming in. They want to talk about so many of the things we're talking about this morning. First of all, one of our listeners, Rick just sent me a brief uh, email, and I thought it was so insightful. He says, Brad, now that the left and the Democrats have determined when life begins, now they can work on determining when life ends. Think about it. Think about it. From this context, if the Democrats can decide that you can have your life taken away from you if you are a full-term, full-born Un, uh, nothing wrong with you. Uh, you're ready to come out of the womb. You're ready to come out. You're uh, you're in there doing the uh, I'm ready to go dance, and uh, your doctor says, uh, "Boy, yeah, he's ready to come. He's uh, you're dilated to such and such a degree, and you're ready to come out the shoot." And then at that moment, the Democrats have now decided that you can still say, yeah, "You know what? I've decided I don't want that kid. I take that scissor and plunge it into him. I, I really don't want him." If they can do that, if that if that unborn child is ready to come out and is fully uh, ready to go, has fully progressed through the uh, uh, the nine month uh, birthing cycle and is fully uh, cognitive of everything going on around it, can feel pain, ready to go, and you can still kill it at that point, isn't it conceptually possible that that uh, the Democrats could pass a bill? that would say, well, you know what? Uh, We're thinking that if at 80 years old, if you start losing your ability to comprehend, maybe you got a little Alzheimer's going on, maybe you got one or two uh, medical conditions that's costing the state a lot of money because of Medicare, uh, we're going to determine that there's a point in life that maybe you're just not uh, uh, worthy of having around anymore. Just think about it. We don't need to discuss it, but uh, but just think about it. Anyway, one of our callers, Jeff from Superior, has some news for us. Uh, and, and Jeff, I understand uh, Dave Durenberger has passed away. And you have a story about uh, evidently uh, maybe a discussion or something you had with Dave Durenberger. Uh, welcome this afternoon, Jeff. You know, I, I've lived in Superior, but I went to high school in Duluth at Duluth Cathedral. And uh, okay. I, gradua- I graduated uh, in 1979. Neil Atkins was my uh, teacher. And uh, I went away to college, and I got a call from the president of the National Honor Society. He said, Jeff, can you come back and speak for our graduation? This was in 1980 at the Duluth Cathedral. Okay. And I said, sure, I'd be honored. I mean, what a privilege. Well, Dave Durenberger was giving the commencement address 
in the afternoon. But it's traditional, it was traditional at Cathedral, to have baccalaureate, which was in the morning. You had breakfast. Everyone sat down and had breakfast together. There was a speaker. And then and then you all went home to your families and whatever. And then you came back in, later in the day, and you had commencement. Well, Dave Gernberger was speaking that afternoon, and so I prepared a speech in the morning where I talked about national health insurance and uh, how Congress can uh, unite on an issue that uh, uh, benefits all Americans, things like that. I was very political because I wanted Senator Durenberger to know that um, he could he could make news by his speech at commencement because oftentimes sure. people wouldn't give they, – they, they say something uh, that's newsworthy. Well, uh, Dane Durenberger, he referenced my speech during his commencement address, and uh, he talked about Ooh. that issue. So, so everybody at Cathedral that day got a big discussion about – how government um, um, uh, is in relation to people's lives and, and what what uh, that can happen for all Americans and, and how uh, Senator Durenberger was working with Senator Kennedy on the issue of uh, uh, national health insurance. And uh, it was on the news that night. I mean, in Duluth, um, a WDO ran a story uh, on Senator Durenberger's talk. And uh, I just felt that he gave me respect as a 20-year-old man and I later saw him it, at the it State had Fair. to. Yeah, it, it was, had to. It Jeff, was, you had to feel pretty privileged that uh, oh, that absolutely. a guy, a guy like Durenberger, would uh, take notice of that, huh? Yeah, it was a great day. It was a great feeling. I um, later saw him at the state fair, and uh, he remembered, you know, the day, and uh, we talked about it and joked about it. And you know, you can go to the state fair and you meet these people in Minnesota politics. And, you know, Arnie Carlson and uh, Al Franken and uh, Amy, you can see all the, Tim Pawlenty. I've met them all at the State Fair. And if you if you if your life walks with them on a certain topic or a certain memorable day, uh, they they they're human just like us. And they love um, referencing. And Dave Durham was a very approachable guy. I really liked him. And he was a I think he was a proud Republican. And, you know, God bless. Well, him. he he was a Republican for a lot of years, but he left the Republican Party back in I think about two thousand five, and oh, he okay. became he became uh, well he endorsed Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden in twenty sixteen, uh, oh. but he he passed away this morning. Huh? I did I wasn't aware of that yet. He was age eighty eight. Yeah, they were talking about it on Minnesota Public Radio, so we'll hear more about it as time goes on. You take care, uh, Fred. Have a great. Thank day. you. That was a that was a very uh, a very good personal recollection of Dave Bird. Very Bird cool. Bird. I appreciate that. No, you didn't appreciate know, that. did you, that Neil Atkins was one of his teachers when he went to Cathedral High School, Marshall High School. Well, I didn't I didn't know that at yeah. the time, Kenny, until he just told me yeah. that. I did know that Neil. I did know that Neil was a teacher at Cathedral, and in fact, when Neil got married to his wife Rose. They got married up at Cathedral High School, and I happened to be one of his groomsmen. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm hearing that for the first time. Uh, Brad, we've got a name for taps for this Friday. Okay. And we are going to remember uh, Dave Durenberger. He was a Army Reserve veteran, a U.S. Army Counterintelligence Corps in 1956, a captain in the United States Army Reserve. Wow. From 1957 to 1963. He was t- a top-rated cadet in his ROTC class and after college was a lieutenant in the U.S. Army Counterintelligence Corps. Fantastic. So we'll, All right. we'll include Dave Durenberger in that. So he is our first on the list this week, David Durenberger. 88. All right. Well, 
Listen, we're just about to that point. We've got to take our first break here, but I do want to read this note. Uh, this is on the death of Tyree Nichols. And for all of you that have been living under a bush, I'm sure everybody knows by now, Tyree Nichols was a black man in Memphis, Tennessee, who was uh, beaten by five black Memphis uh, police officers. That's the truth of it. I mean, we've seen the video. We saw what's happened. Those five officers have all been fired uh, by the Memphis Police Department. But uh, to show you what ridiculous nonsense comes out of this Black Lives Matters organization, and this is uh, this is people now. Black Lives Matters was organized and set up by a bunch of socialists, uh, avowed socialists who were more than happy to mention any time you wanted to know it that they were uh, socialists. On their website, they had a statement about the death of Tyree Nichols. And here's what it says very quickly. Although the media has spent a great amount of time drawing attention to the fact that the police officers are black, as if that is important. Well, it certainly is important because if it was five white officers, Memphis would be burning to the ground right now, probably. So there is some importance to it. But but they go on to say, Black Lives Matter's post on their website goes on to say, let us be clear, all police represent the interest of capitalism and impel state-sanctioned violence. Let me read that again. All police represent the interest of capitalism and impel state-sanctioned violence. Anyone who works within a system that perpetuates state-sanctioned violence is complacent in upholding white supremacy. These people are just goofy. You know, they, they don't even deserve time to even listen to the nonsense well, they put out. Interesting, Brad, because, you know, as you recall, and I'll play the short clip here, this is Patrice Cullors, a f- uh, co-founder of uh, BLM. We have some clear direction. We are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. We are... There you go. They're trained Marxists. And what is Marxism, Brad? Marxist. Marxism is a... Uh, they are anti-capitalist. They, uh, yes. they are argue for an overturn of capitalism in favor of communism. But the best part of this, and, and I say that somewhat in jest, do you know how much Black Lives Matter raised in 2020? Oh, it was hundreds of millions well, of dollars. Well, it was $90 million. Dollars. Do you think million. any capitalist corporations, capitalist, or oh, dare I say white people, donated to BLM? Oh, Brad, they got absolutely. $90 million. That's where, that's where it all came from, Kenny. Patrice Cullors bought from. a house in a gated white community. Yes. And she bought a couple of houses. She bought more than just one. Uh, but they have gotten in a lot of trouble because they didn't file the taxes the way they were supposed to. They didn't do anything. And they, would, they of course, would tell you, well, that's a white capitalist system. We don't, we don't condone that kind of... Anyone who works within a system that perpetuates state-sanctioned violence is complacent in upholding white supremacy. Assimilation into a system that is anti-black is one of the most dangerous weapons stemming from white supremacy. Wow. Well, I wonder how many white donors to BLM there are. I would say, Brad, that it's an overwhelming majority. 
of donations oh, uh, yeah. to BLM. Came from white-owned corporations or companies. And, of course, uh, Black Lives Matters wouldn't have put a little extra arm twisting on them, would they, if they said, well, no, I'm not really interested. No, you don't want to support black lives. Don't you support? Bl don't black lives matter to you? Do we have to publish your name on our list of, of corporations that don't respect black lives? Bingo! I, you know, it really is something, Brad, isn't it? That after the George Floyd incident, or even during it, you know, here you had a white police officer kneeling on him, and, uh, you know, we know the story behind that. Sure. And uh, Derek Chauvin. And now we have video of five black officers beating to death a black man, but it's still a problem for blacks because they have to blame somebody. Right. And the blame so goes blame, back to white people. Well, they're going to blame they're going to blame white supremacy even though the majority of officers in Memphis are black. The police chief in Memphis is black. I believe the mayor in Memphis is black. This does uh, this does nothing for healing. This perpetuates no, no. an open wound. It, it absolutely does, but that that's how they sell their wares. That's how they make their money is constantly pushing a uh, racist agenda. And unfortunately, uh, white organizations have bought into it, and uh, we're, we're going to see it happen every time. Anyway, we've got to take our first break here of hour number two. Uh, we'll be back shortly with much more. KDAL time is 1225. I've got one above at the National Weather Service in Duluth, but it is sunny, so we got that going for us. And we're going to be cold, Brad, for the rest of the day today. And we're not really going to see much of any warmth until maybe uh, Sunday or Monday. But uh, real quickly, uh, today we're going to see highs in the single digits above zero, and then we're going to dip below zero tonight. It's not going to be as cold as it has been the past few nights. And then tomorrow, Wednesday, partly sunny, we're going to see highs in the upper teens, perhaps. And then Wednesday night, above zero for lows a little bit of a break thursday uh, still uh, highs in the upper teens and then we're going to go cold again for thursday and friday and then come back out of it so stay stay uh stay with it folks uh it's february <laughs> tomorrow and uh, tomorrow's the start of the last day of the winter month uh the last day of the winter month or the last month of the winter no tomorrow month? is the start of the la of the uh, of the last winter month. Yeah, February. Well, I don't remember how I said it. Uh, I get a little confused myself. Tomorrow's the start of the last winter month. Yeah. Okay. There there we go. Anyway, uh, you know, there's a couple of good things when it says cold. And, of course, one of them is that it happened to fall right on the John Bear Grease uh, timeline, which is perfect because the the dogs love it when it's cold like that. The mushers probably not so much, but it's perfect conditions for running a dog race, and so you're going to see that happen. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's the uh, today is the last day of the month, huh? Today's the last day of January 31st, and uh, we will tomorrow morning when we come to you on Wednesday, it'll be February 1st. Now, when is Groundhog Day, Kenny? Oh, that's going to be February 2nd, so that's going to be Thursday. Second, okay. It'll be interesting to see if that little and then Friday sees a shadow. <laughs> Friday is going to be two three two three. Oh you boy, know, what is that again? What oh, are they that's just those, a uh... fun with numbers. It's going to be February third of twenty twenty three. So we're going to shorten it down by saying two three two three. Yeah, oh, won't happen again for a hundred years. 
Well, anyway, I don't know how many people uh, agree with Michelle Fishbach uh, here, but uh, but she is push, pushing this. T- to me, it it makes sense. But you know, we don't have many people that are going to agree with us that uh, that. You know, Planned Parenthood should not be funded by our tax dollars. If it's an organization that wants to uh, be out there to allow a woman to have an abortion done there and abortions are legal in the state of Minnesota, then that money should come either from your health insurance, if it's uh, covered under your health insurance, but it should not be funded by tax dollars. So I say. Now, do I make any difference? No, but that's just the way I feel. And I think Don feels kind of the same way. Uh, anyway, we have Don on the cell. Don, good morning. Good morning. Well, it's actually yeah, afternoon. Good morning, Brad. Good afternoon. Kenny, uh, Kenny uh, I'm sure you don't have the shorts out yet, uh, but uh, here in South Florida, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's okay to wear them. Um, but, I, Brad, I got two things. One, one is what you're just talking about. Uh, a Duluth, Minnesota senator passing, coming up with this bill to uh, basically uh, kill the unborn right till the day it's delivered. Um, to me, that's probably the sickest thing that I could ever think of. And then to spend our money to fund uh, Planned Parenthood uh, for the uh, basically the execution of the unborn. I, I don't know when life begins, but I know it can't begin without conception. And, uh, you know, I don't you know, I'm not trying here to change anybody's mind, but uh, I know somebody gave me a chance and I'm willing to give all the rest of them a chance. Um, the other thing well, I have is, is uh, Don, just a second. What you just said there is so insightful and it is so right on the money. We don't we don't know when life begins. It begins to me anyway. It begins the moment a doctor uh, delivers you out of your mother's womb. And if that can happen, and if you are healthy and you are a regular healthy child, why shouldn't you have that happen? Why shouldn't you come out? But now we have decided that it's okay for a mother to determine right up till that child is on its way out of the birth canal that it's okay to kill that child. That, what that happens, just... Brad, if, uh, if there's a homicide of a pregnant woman, uh, the, the, the person that kills the woman also gets charged yeah. a double homicide with the baby and the mother. Why is that? Well, I've brought that up so many times, Don. Uh, Kenny is getting tired of me even bringing it up because I did it just the other day. A, a guy down in Minneapolis shot his girlfriend who she was pregnant with their child, and uh, they delivered the baby after the woman was dead. Uh, the baby lived for most of a day and then died. They turned around and charged him with homicide. Yeah, isn't that something? I have one other question, Brad. Uh, Northern Minnesota, yes. the Biden administration uh, obviously just put 20-year restrictions on uh, mining in Northern Minnesota and parts of mining yeah. Minnesota. Where are all these union members? Where are screaming at uh, Amy Klobuchar and, and Tina Smith to, to say, "Hey, wh- what's going on here?" And uh, you know, why 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 are they why why they're not supporting mining? When we've done it, when we could do it safer and more economically anywhere than anywhere else in the world. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I just I don't get anybody that's in a trades union that would vote for these people. I don't get it. I, I don't either. And there's a big story in Minneapolis paper this morning about that exact thing, because we have decided that we want EV vehicles. We are going to have EV vehicles, but we're not going to allow 
uh, people in the United States to act or make a living mining the materials that we need for those EV vehicles. We're instead going to buy those materials from communist China who will use slave labor to mine them because we just uh, we could, we might, we possibly uh, could leak something into a stream or a river. Yeah, we could or possibly not leak something into a stream or river too. And where would you rather have it mined? Would it be safer to mine it here under all the controls and restrictions we have or someplace else? I mean, Don is right on, spot on with this. Anyway, folks, we've got to go to our CBS News break. I don't want to get too far behind. We'll come back shortly with much more. KDAL time is 1236, two harbors, fair skies, three above, southwest wind at nine miles an hour. So that three above and two harbors is minus 11 on the wind chill. Superior, fair skies, two above, southwest winds at 13. So the wind chill in Superior goes uh, to, where are we here? There it is, uh, 13 below in the wind chill in Superior. So we're still cold, but we are sunny. And uh, we just got to endure the last day of January and February and March and <laughs> April and April, parts of May and even parts of June. And then July will be good. <laughs> July will be a great month. <laughs> Listen, what, uh, uh, what Don was talking about, uh, I saw a report yesterday or maybe it was, yeah, it was Monday. It was on, on Cudlow on Fox's um, business network. Senator Joni Erst from uh, from Iowa, she's a senator from Iowa, reacted to the Biden administration's blocking a mineral mining project in Minnesota by stating that the move is part of a deranged climate policy pushed by the Biden administration that is enriching the Communist Party of China. Ernst said, Larry, it's part of the deranged climate policy pushed by the Biden administration. You would think that in order to support this huge electric vehicle push by the Biden administration, that they would at least want to source it from the United States. But all of these critical minerals, we have to go to China to source them, or we have to send our own products to China for refining. We have become even more dependent upon the Chinese under the Biden administration. And again, it goes back to the deranged climate policies that is not benefiting Americans, but instead enriching the Communist Party of China. So we shouldn't be doing this. We should focus on sources, our national resources here in the good old United States and provide for American jobs. If they want to go EV, great. Make it a consumer choice, but let's at least not utilize China and child and slave labor to obtain these critical critical minerals. We can do it much safer here. Now, just think about it. Biden doesn't give us that choice. We could mine these very safely here in this country, but Biden won't allow us to mine these minerals here, but he will demand that we use the kind of vehicles that only those kinds of product manufactured and mined in China can produce. It just makes no sense. It just makes your your whole head want to explode. We have, I believe, our friend Wade on the line. I think he's next up on the call. Wade, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Brad. How are you? I'm uh, I'm actually pretty good, a lot better than you guys are. I'm I'm looking at my temperature gauge right now, and it's a whole lot better than what you guys got. Yeah, I'm up on the range, and the car's temperature says one above. Ooh, 
Well, you know, like uh, like Kenny always says, there's no mosquitoes in that kind of weather. That's right, and it's a dry cold. It's not humid. It's a dry cold, so it doesn't feel too bad. <laughs> so, so what's on your mind this morning, or this afternoon, I should say? Huh? Yes. You got some nice fish, it looks like. Were they as delicious as they looked? Oh my God, they're they're so good. They're they're just, you know, we had a little trouble getting ones that were keepable. I mean, they have yeah. this. We we went out on a on a chart with a charter captain. Frank and I were the only two people on his boat, but Frank has gone out a number of times with him before, and he said, Brad, you know, if we get close with a fish, like for example, the the um, the spotted. Uh, um, trout you had yeah. to have 14 inches they had to be at least 14 inches long and less than 22 inches because the florida commissioner feels that if they're 22 inches or bigger they're they're mature fish that are uh laying eggs and so yeah. they're gonna develop so they don't want to use those and if they're young if they're smaller than 14 inches then they want to put them back so they grow up to be full-size fish. Well, we had a number of fish that were within a half an inch of being keepers. And we couldn't keep them because, like the captain said, if we get stopped and I'm even yep. a half an inch short, they'll they'll take my license and this is my livelihood. Yep. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. And just, just nope. so you all, oh, but you're, you're beyond this. You don't, you don't pay for a fishing license anymore here in Minnesota, right? No. No, no, I don't. Just, just so you know, for all the rest of us who aren't as seasoned as you. <laughs> Thank you. Good good word, seasoned. I'll have to remember that. The next time Kenny calls me an old man, I'll have to just tell him I'm seasoned. So anyway, your cost of your fishing license is going up. The cost of your boat license is going to go up. The cost of all of your hunting licenses are going up. And, of yep. course, our Social Security will still be taxed. No matter how much they say they aren't going to do it, they're going to still tax our, our Social Security. So, you know, everything I said about the Democrats is true. They've never met a tax. <laughs> and a lot of people say they can't take it all, but I think they're trying. You know, Wade, I swear to God I read someplace this morning that Minnesota surplus is bigger than the budget of the state of uh, of North Dakota. Our oh, surplus. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure and, it is. And, yeah. And yet with that huge surplus, the biggest we've ever had in the state of Minnesota, they continue to want to raise taxes and fees. Oh, almost forgot. They want to tax. They want to add a payroll tax so that we can take care of other people's in daycare, and they want to have another tax so that everyone in the state can have the Duluth safe, sick, sick and safe time, whatever BS that is. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we are going to drive every single small business out of business. Well, and they're gonna they're gonna make everybody else insane when you start talking about programs like this goofy woman has down there in Minneapolis now, where they're going to put uh, uh, machines in every bathroom of every school in Minnesota, male bathrooms and female bathrooms, <clears throat> so that you can get 
pads in case you're menstruating. Now, I've never heard of a boy menstruating, but... (laughs) (laughs) There's something in the water. I'm telling you, Wade, these people are insane. There's something wrong. Anyway, thank you, Wade. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Kenny, we got to do our Minnesota news break. Can we take this time since I want to bang my head on the wall here a little bit? (laughs) You bet. KDAL time is 12.52. We have sunshine. We have cold air all around us. Three degrees at the National Weather Service right now. Record high for the state. Boy, I tell you what, Brandon, looking at these records uh, today, the record high and record low, I love these type of things. i just fascinated by numbers and the way that they were. The record high, 48 in 1892. Wow. The record low, 33 below in 1982. So you got a little 1892 and 1982 thing going there. And uh, sunset tonight, by the way, is 510. And one other uh, fascinating uh, state uh, statistic here on the weather, the snowfall record for the last day of January, January 31st, is only yeah. three and a half inches. That's the record for that the, occurred. For the last day? That occurred 120 years ago in 1893. <laughs> Three and a half inches of snow fell on January 31st in 1893, and there's never been more than three and a half inches of snow on this day in 120 years. That's interesting. That really is. I wonder, well. But wait, there's more. The okay. record the record precipitation for this day is zero point four five. January thirty first, eighteen eighty five. So a hundred and thirty eight years ago, zero point four five inches of precip was measured in Duluth, and in a hundred and thirty eight, not a drop more has fallen on this day, zero point four five inches. I, I just get fascinated by these numbers. That is incredible. It really is. Well, as long as we're talking fascination, one more for you. You're going to love this. Okay. Yesterday, in the U.S., the warmest temperature was 90. That occurred in Florida, Dundee, Florida, 90 degrees. Oh, I know right where that is. Sure. This was yesterday. Yesterday's coldest, probably in the U.S., maybe in the world, 62 below at a place (laughs) in Utah called Peter Sinks. Look it up, Peter Sinks, just like the sinks in your okay. bathrooms and kitchens. Yeah. So you had a, 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 a temperature extreme from 90 to 62 below, 152 degrees, albeit one is at a high elevation in Utah, the other one is in, well, subtropical Florida. Subtropical Florida. But nonetheless. Because yesterday, yesterday afternoon, my wife and I were sitting out getting some sun in the afternoon, and it was like 84 degrees. It was very warm. Okay, you can stop talking, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as, as Don, when he called in, he was talking about uh, the fact that the Biden administration has basically outlawed a mining of materials, rare materials that we use, uh, that that he wants us to use. The, the Biden administration has basically said, we've got to ditch our gas-powered vehicles. We've got to get rid of them, and we've got to use uh, battery-operated vehicles. Well, to do that, we need a lot of the materials to make batteries. Well, and we have those rare earth minerals right up here in northern Minnesota, and we could start mining them tomorrow if we could get a permit. But the Biden administration 
has blocked a major Minnesota mining project last Thursday, just days after the White House signed a rare material deal with two countries known for exploiting child labor. Just two weeks ago, they signed deals with Zimbabwe and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, where children literally dig these materials out of the ground with their bare hands to develop a supply chain of electric vehicle batteries. According to the Department of Labor, both countries are known for using child labor to mine rare materials, including cobalt and copper. One week later, the Biden administration blocked a mining project in Minnesota by prohibiting mining on approximately 225,000 acres in the Superior National Forest. The mining project planned to extract nickel and copper, but was effectively halted after the Department of Interior signed Public Land Order 7917 last Thursday. They don't want you to see it. Big tech does its best to limit what news you see. Make sure you see uh, those stories. The order was passed to protect the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness and surrounding watersheds, a spectacular network of rivers and lakes and forests in northern Minnesota that comprise the most heavily visited wilderness area in the United States. The administrator touted the deal with Zimbabwe and the Democratic Republic of Congo as supporting the critical components of urgently needed energy transmissions. But Biden wants to take them from slave labor, not from our own hardworking men and women that would make sure that this stuff was mined safely. The White House reported that more than 70% of the world's cobalt is sourced from the the Democratic Republic of Congo. These rare minerals are needed to protect, to produce electric vehicle batteries, cell phones, laptops. The plan to develop an electric battery supply chain opens the door, uh, but not to America, not to Minnesota, not to our hardworking men and women, only to uh, foreign governments where children in in the Democratic Republic of the Congo are subject to the worst forms of child labor, including forced mining of gold, tin, or castorate, uh, tantalium, or coltane, and other ores that are used in armed conflicts, sometimes as a result of forcible recruitment or abduction by non-state armed groups. The department estimated that 5,000 to 35,000 children work in the Democratic Republic of Congo's cobalt mines. 5,000 to 35,000 children are forced to mine for tin, chrome, gold, ore, and gems, and they do it not by safe environmental standards, just by getting the ground and dig it out by hand. Anyway, folks, we got another hour to come. we got a lot of things yet to talk about, so please don't go away. You're listening to Sound Off on...